Hey, y'all, just want to do a quick announcement. Niagara Moon is playing a show on Wednesday, April 19th, 9 p.m. at the Sunset Tavern in Seattle. I'll be playing with my live band. We got a bassist, a guitarist, and a drummer, in addition to me on keyboards. We'll also have some guest vocals in there for a few numbers. We're getting pretty tight, so I'm excited to bring that to you guys. Going on before us will be History of Time, a great alternative hip-hop act. I'm hoping to get him on the podcast soon as well as Origami Ghosts, who I had on for this episode. It's going to be excellent music all around. Tickets are $8. You can order them on the Sunset Tavern website or just get them at the door on the day of the show. Uh, I've included a link in the show description if you want to get them in advance. So if you're in Seattle and looking for a cool show this month, come on down. You're listening to another episode of Talking About the Passion. I'm Thomas Irwin. This is a podcast where I interview different independent musicians and showcase their music. As for myself, I'm a singer-songwriter and producer who goes by Niagara Moon. You can look up more about my own music at niagaramoonmusic.com. My guests for episode number 12 are JP and Cassie of the band Origami Ghosts. The band formed in Seattle back in 2005, and their songs resonate with a classic, soulful, and festively quirky folk rock sound. Today I'm going to play you three songs from their most recent album, Fruit and Animal. The first song is Gone Bananas. Oh 
Where are you guys from originally? We're from here. I'm from, I grew up in Bellevue for the most part, but moved around when I was in elementary school. So I lived in Wisconsin and Ohio and then moved back in fifth grade. Okay, but you're both from the Seattle area originally? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm from like North Seattle, Shoreline. So what's the story behind the name Origami Ghosts? Basically, had to come up with a name. And originally the music was, it was me and the dulcimer player, Joel Hansen. And uh, it sounded to me something like complicated nothings is what I was kept thinking about. And then I resolved to the name Origami Ghosts, even though ghosts aren't nothing. But um, And origami was always really complicated to me and I could never do it. So I can't do origami either. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've both lived in Japan. Right. And we never yeah, picked it up, right? Not really. So you went from complicated nothings to origami ghosts. Yeah, because I thought the music had some sort of complexity to it, but also I wanted it to be playful and not too serious and like it was light. Yeah, playful. Yeah, so, I think it works. Yeah, It's strange, though, because your first band was called Paper People. Yeah, that's true. But you didn't realize. Yeah, the or- connection there. Origami <laughs> Ghost was like a side project to Paper People, and, but I hadn't even thought about the paper theme at all. But, yeah, it's like Paper People. When they die, they turn into Origami Ghosts, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> that worked out pretty conveniently. Yeah. Paper People died. Yeah. <laughs> So who are the current members of Origami Ghosts? For sure, me. And then um, Cassie, also so for JP sure. JP and Cassie. JP and Cassie. And then currently we have Jacob Levitt joining us uh, recently on cello. And Ben Kendall is playing drums. But it's kind of a collective of sorts. It's a yeah. revolving cast of characters that are able to perform. Mm-hmm. So whenever people want to join us, we are pretty open to that. And that's always easier to pull off than like a band where everybody has a, a strict role and you need everybody at once. It's it's easier to have the looser collective yeah, sometimes. It, it's it also just kind of worked out that way and it's fine. Yeah, it's it's nice to, to have the fluidity, but also the continuity can be helpful as well. Developing but, relationships and stuff is good too. But like we were just down in Austin for South by Southwest, and, yeah. and it was just the two of us, and we ended up finding like some another band, and we pulled some members of their band to back us up, and we're so used to that, so it helps for being ready for any type of drum beat behind our songs or or whatever. It's good. You're ready for anything. Yeah. It's kind of fun too to play with different people because then you like the songs sound totally different than you've ever played them before and you have to like change the way you play it to kind of accommodate what's going on. So it's kind of collaboration. Kind of exciting. So right now you said you're working with a a cellist and a drummer. Mm -hmm. And then what are your roles in the group? Uh, I play the flute and the piano or the keyboard and the melodica and I sing. And she dances when she can. You're not too busy with the other instruments? Yeah, when I'm not, like, stuck behind a microphone. And how about you, JP? And I play guitar and sing and try to dance around as much as possible and um, create some havoc. I try to do the banter as well as possible. I'm working on some comedy stuff. Oh. 
to fit in between the songs? Ideally. Um, it's called Origami Jokes. <laughs> it's kind of like all the hours accumulate in the van when you're on tour and you just... Come up with one-liners and yeah, stuff. Yeah, so still working. That's a lifetime work. So. <laughs> well, Origami Jokes is also about like the craft of making a joke. It's, it's mm. about the process of getting to a joke. So you continually work on the same joke. Mm, work on the it. wording. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but don't ask us to tell any right now. We're kind of... You got to be in the mood. Yeah, and just we're not actually in that uh, mindset right now. But check back when we're <laughs> like fresh off a tour and we'll have a lot of great jokes, promise. Sounds good. Yeah. So who writes the songs in the group? Um, for the most part... I do, uh, but I'm always open to honoring people's um, inspirations. In the previous years, we had uh, our friend Kara Wigert playing accordion, and she uh, wrote one of the tunes off our It Don't Exist album, our third album. But for the most part, they are kind of my musical constructions, get chords and things I come up with, and then I usually come up with some some words and melodies and or or reverse I'll come up with the words first or a friend like last album Peter had this the doctor friend song that we have is kind of a play on some something he was saying so oh. I kind of like to glean stuff from you like to get input from everybody yeah when, when it works I try to and how did you originally form the group you said you were coming off of uh, paper people Mm -hmm. So it was uh, it was me and Joel, the dulcimer player, was kind of the start of this thread. And we started playing. We lived in China together. We taught English over there. Oh. Actually, we met in France in 98, and we started talking about music then. And I was just learning the guitar at that point. And he had been in bands in Minneapolis, and, and he was talking about this dulcimer, and I'd never even seen a dulcimer, really. <laughs> didn't know what it was. I didn't really know what it was. And... Finally, we got together a few years later and started kind of working together. And we lived together in China, started playing together. And that was probably our first, like, concert, quote-unquote, in front of the students. And they didn't know what to make of it, even though they do have a similar dulcimer in China. It's, uh, it's like um, uh, Joel would know. I, I'm drawing a blank right but, now. But uh, the music was something pretty foreign to them? Yeah, they didn't quite... Under they are more uh, kind of used to, like, 60s pop, like, or even before that, like, the Carpenters. They were really into, like, the Carpenters. Japanese people love the Carpenters, <laughs> yeah, too. Yeah, I think it's an Asian thing. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we, we started playing and then moved back to Seattle and um, continued playing, and then we added a cello player... Key Johnson, and then then we got a show and uh, opening up for this band Hood at Numos was like our first show, and we we're o opening for a pretty cool band from England, and that was kind of our first go at it, and then added a drummer and Brian Parks and Amira Stakrian, and and then it just kind of went on this road of all sorts of ups and downs and turns and adding and subtracting people. And, and then you mentioned you uh, played South by Southwest recently. Yeah. Was that your Origami Ghost's first time? It was, that? yeah. It's uh, our third time playing in Austin, but uh, first time for South by Southwest, um, which was awesome. And uh, so glad we went down there. And It was really fun. We uh, 
didn't know what to to make of it all these years. I thought you'd needed a like a wristband and have to spend a lot of money to see yeah. all this cool stuff. But there's really a lot of free stuff that you can just discover and less crowded and, and not really, oh not that crowded not as no. crowded as as we anticipated. I mean, of course, living in China and Asia, I'm yeah, used to like, you get used to certain. I'm used to plenty of crowds, so yeah. uh, it wasn't quite like that. So yeah, Austin's a really inspiring place. Uh, really. Um, Looking forward to going back there. Are you thinking of relocating there at some point? Um, actually, very likely. We'll see what the future holds, but um, right now that is the plan to, to relocate there. Wow. How do you think the scene in Austin differs from the scene in Seattle right now? Um, it's tough to say because South by Southwest is, is like a heightened sense of what it is without. So like when South by is gone, I think it's still kind of similar to what we saw but just not as intense yeah so but there's a, amazing venues like little little places and big places and places with like four or five stages and outdoor venues because the weather is so nice and or if it's not yeah until too hot June yeah. rolls around <laughs> yeah exactly but it's cheaper they have like health care for musicians in Austin oh, really? and it's just like it's kind of tailored. It's a very artist-friendly town. It sure is, yeah. So. And it feels kind of like energetic or vibrant or something, like kind of alive and like people are going out and watching People music. have more energy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the only place in the South I've ever been to is Nashville, which obviously a big music town. Right. Seemed to be an interesting scene going on there, but uh, Austin has also been on my list. Yeah. If we're down there, you should definitely look us up and yeah. I'd love to show you around, play a show or something. So your experience playing at that festival is you did one show? So we went down for, uh, our friend had a party. He's, it was kind of, um, so they have like unofficial shows and official shows. And mm -hmm. a lot of the cool stuff is the unofficial stuff. The unofficial stuff, stuff so It's yeah. like the free stuff and the people that, you know, haven't blown up and don't have crazy long lines. Like we walked by this one venue we played at a few years back called Mohawk. And there was a line probably couple blocks 100 yards long <laughs> and we were like what's going on and they're like there's some band and it was for like a 10 o'clock show and it was like two in the afternoon <laughs> no thank you <laughs> so um but yeah we didn't do any shows like that but we played at our friend's party which was great we had like five or six or seven bands like, awesome. from san antonio and la and and us, and then some local bands, and that was great. And then, actually, the first day we were there, we ran into a musician at the co-op, the natural food store there, and he was at the register working, and just started talking to him, and he was a musician, and I got his contact, and then we, we, we reached out to him, and he actually got us a show that way, so uh, he put us on a, the bill, a bill that he was on. So uh, it just it seems really uh, communi community-oriented down there. People yeah, want to help important. each other out, and um, people look at you on the street and mm -hmm. smile and say hello, and so it's, it's really friendly. Yeah, it was a good experience. Have you done a lot of touring in general together? I imagine you've been all over by this point. Yeah. Um, he's done a lot more touring before I joined the band, too, but we've, um, like we've toured... With me and the band, I've gone down the coast a few times, and then we also went to Europe twice. We went to Thailand. Wow. Um, Been all over the so world. So we kind of have just made it happen. Want to travel and play music, so. 
Mm -hmm. um, but he's also done like a tour like around like the perimeter of the U.S. basically. Yeah, yeah. And mm -hmm. What's been some of your favorite places to play? Gosh, there's so many. We really like playing. There's a place in Northern California called Lotus. It's on the American River in Gold Country. It's kind of the foothills of the Sierra Nevadas. And uh, we, play, we played there like four years in a row. Um, and we camp out on the deck afterwards. Must be beautiful. It's really nice, and it's really hot, so it, the river's perfect. Um, so that's one of our favorite spots. I don't know, we have a lot of friends all over, so we stop in the Bay Area, um, L.A., my sister lives down there. Um, Santa Fe was great. We went there one year. Yeah, Austin, New Orleans was fun. Always like going through Chicago. That's where my parents are from, and I have a lot of relatives there. And then Europe's great. Like Paris is fun. We we played a lot on the street in Europe too. Like oh, it's game. a pretty friendly place to street perform. Yeah, we we found some cool cool spots, and it's really like a different feeling and uh, inspiring to just play and like playing for smiles, pretty much. And when you get people to turn their head, smile, or see the kids dancing, like it's really rewarding. Yeah, it's like in, invaluable. Vienna was fun. Vienna, Vienna. was great. Oh. Yeah. Catalonia was great. Oh, yeah, we met a booking agent in, in Catalonia, like northern Spain, and he helped us get a lot of great shows there, and um, the people really appreciate music down there. Yeah, lots of great spots. It's uh, hard to pick. Brussels seemed to have a really good music <laughs> yeah. scene, like a lot of jazz there, and not that we're jazz, but like a lot of... Right, a lot of open-minded people. Yeah. Yeah, I imagine it's hard to pick a few when you've had that many great live experiences. Yeah. Hull, England. That was an awesome show. Oh, yeah. Northern England, this place called Hull. Actual full name is Kingston <laughs> Riding Upon Hull. Right, or, there's all those like sentences. <laughs> Kingston all Upon Hull Riding with East Upon Yorkshire. Yeah. <laughs> like, those thank you, names. Kingston Upon Hull Riding East Upon Yorkshire. <laughs> you've been great. <laughs> But no, the crowd there was amazing. Like we didn't know what to expect, and we played a few tunes, and they just erupted, and we're like, "Wow, okay, yeah." yeah you're making me want to get out there on the road. Yeah, why not? Go. Just, all you need is a guitar, or maybe not even that. You can just <laughs> go and borrow one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm unfortunately limited to keyboard or keyboard, whatever. Yeah. I do. I'm jealous of the acoustic guitar because it's so portable. You uh -huh. just take it out anywhere. You got. You don't need electricity or anything. Well, that's why I started playing melodica, actually, in Europe. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Originally, I decided I was going to play flute, and I actually hadn't really played much flute since, like, eighth grade. <laughs> um, it is an eighth grade kind of instrument. Yeah. For a lot of <laughs> um, but I learned a lot of my songs on the flute, um, and then when I got to Europe, his friend in Brussels actually had a melodica, and so she lent that to me, and it was a bit easier than <laughs> playing all my songs on flute. Um, but it was kind of a good mm -hmm. way to get into flute as well. So It yeah. also kind of reminded us of the accordion, which we're missing a lot since Kara left the band. She had a baby, uh, and yeah, yeah. so it has a similar, can kind of... Takes you back to the old country. Yeah, exactly. So... What was the uh, musical vision of Origami Ghosts going in? Like, what are some of the biggest influences for you guys? The vision was really just to play. You know, I had never really, I mean, I had done Paper People and had done some, like, solo stuff as my, under my name, or Jean-Paul de Bellevue is also one of my <laughs> solo monikers. And 
Goodbye Polar Bear. That was another one. But Goodbye Polar Bear. Yeah. But I hadn't done the band thing, so when I started Paper People and then Origami Ghosts, I was just excited to play and like see my name on a bill and like so that was the original thing was just to play. That was the goal. I wanted to play and have our band name appear in the strangers up and coming or whatever but um, nowadays it's like I really want to just like continue to write songs that make people happy and make music that people enjoy and I feel like we need more and more joy in our lives these days and trying to provide entertainment and also trying to really be intentional about the live performance now and really uh, try to like have it be a show that people want to see. Yeah, it is music that's very bright and colorful and playful. I mean, I could easily see little kids in Paris turning their heads and dancing. Yeah, thanks. Going in, is that the kind of music you had in mind? Uh, Well, not really. At the beginning, it was more like kind of subdued and more like thoughtful in a like restrained kind of Mm -hmm. sense. Like I know Joel was really into that style of music and I kind of appreciated it as well so there wasn't as much like strumming it was more like picking and gentle playing and but after a while it was like there were other things I wanted to do so the music kind of evolved and um, yeah you incorporate a lot of different instruments especially into your recordings and stuff yeah I'm pretty much like open to any instrument If, if someone can play it or feels comfortable to play it then I'm comfortable to receive it yeah, so I don't know, influences, originally like there was a big like kind of local influence with some bands like Built to Spill, Modest Mouse and those uh, things. Yeah, the, uh, the Northwest indie rock. Yeah, and like bands like Pavement and the indie rock champions of those days. But now I find myself digging further back and just like we have songs written based or just directly from classical arrangements and songs from like Woody Guthrie style or Fats Domino or really anything. Going back ways. Yeah. We got really into the Incredible String Band for a while. People were oh, mentioning. Oh, yeah, the, the cult favorite. Yeah. Like from the 60s or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they're a great bunch. They're also from Scotland, close to northern England there where we were. But um, they're pretty inspiring. People mentioned them with us and it was very flattering. I hadn't really heard much about them. Cara actually knew them and Peter, but I hadn't listened much, but we got a few of their albums and listened to them a bunch the last few years. And Mm. now it's like, okay, we want to sound like them now. Like we didn't know we did, but. So you have these songs that you write and then you bring to the group and there's all these different parts going on, you know, flute and cello and all these different instruments. Does the arrangement for that just kind of come together organically, or do you have a, a hand in the arrangement? Or, like, Cassie, would you come up with your own part every time, or how does that...? Um, most of the parts I come up with myself, but there's some that maybe I don't really know what I'm going to play, and then he'll have some ideas, or maybe he'll just have some ideas <laughs> about things, mm-hmm. certain things that he wants, um, or that he is, like, imagining in his mm-hmm. head. But he's pretty open to like what people like want to play or like so a lot of times it just comes out of him playing the songs and us just playing along and seeing like what happens Mm -hmm. to start with at least sometimes i'm just really hearing a thing though and i'm like what about this right you're able to be very specific with what you want yeah i i like to kind of sing out the melody that i'm hearing and then have them obey (laughs) (laughs) 
You're sí. more of a director at that point. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But yeah, usually it's very collaborative. Jacob's been really great. He's got all of his notes. He's learned like, I don't know, 30 songs in a few months. And he's wow. got all these cards on the songs. And he's written it in music format, which is pretty foreign to me, actually. I'm not a trained musician that way. Mm-hmm. Self-taught. Yeah, it's... There's not much else to say, I guess, about it. (laughs) So your most recent album, Fruit and Animal, that was released in 2014. I imagine you all are sitting on a lot of new material that you're just dying to get out there at this point. Yeah, I think we're going to try to record in in July or August. That's coming up pretty soon. Yeah, we've got about, I don't know, 15 songs. I'm not sure if they'll all make it, but I'm definitely going to have like 10 to 15 or so. It's good to be able to pick and choose a bit. Yeah. We're excited uh, about this new material. It's a lot of stuff we've been playing a lot. So um, if you come out to the show on the 19th at the Sunset. Yeah. April 19th, 9 p.m. Yep. The Sunset Tavern in Ballard. We'll be playing some new tunes there that you'll hear from the new record that's coming out, which is going to be called, I believe, uh, Healthy Travel Potions. Healthy Travel Potions. Nice title. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) What's the recording process like for Origami Ghosts? Uh, Well, the last album, we had like three different studios that we used and they were more just like convenient. Like my brother had a deal with Bob Lang many years ago. Oh, yeah. And he was able to give us a day in the studio, which was amazing. That's a great studio. It it was a special experience for sure. And then a friend of ours down in San Francisco got us in at this studio called Faultline and then... He also uh, wanted to record us, so he helped us out at um, Jackpot Studios in Portland. So we did like three different things there. But ideally, we want to go to one studio and nail, like, do all the tracking live and then see where we need overdubs and uh, do the vocals and stuff like that. So but try to do as much live as you're able to. Yeah, get the live drums and then maybe be able to keep the guitar if possible and see what else we need to layer. Do you ever have someone like a producer, an extra set of ears? Never really had, just used engineers that had pretty great ears and never worked with a producer per se. But just someone to work the machines and clean up your sound. Yeah, definitely. That sort of thing, yeah. yeah. It's more minimal that way, I guess. Do you make use of recent uh, advancements in technology, music software, any kind of effects, or do you try to keep it more organic, natural instruments, that sort of analog sound. Do you have any thoughts on that? Well, we've done, uh, like, uh, the third album, It Don't Exist, I recorded on Pro Tools, and I, I added a few little drum beats and yeah. things like that. And But not a lot. It's mostly organic sounds that we might, or, like, the last album we had, like, a, a sound that we had, like, reverbed out a lot. Or yeah, like, yeah. You know. Little things here and there. Yeah, but for the most part, we're pretty... Pretty organic. We don't don't do a lot of like drum machines. Although the the synth that we use, the Roland uh, oh. JX3P, that is. Oh, I played one of those before. That's the one that comes with like the extra controller. I don't yes, have that. We don't yeah. have that. Though. So it makes it a little harder to. <laughs> I know. To work well, sometimes. When I got the keyboard, it actually had like a re- a lot of really great sounds recorded that somebody right, right. had already. Right, right. A lot already. of presets. Yeah. Um, but then I took it to a music shop, and they actually took out the battery without asking, uh, and so I took it They deleted away. it all? It deleted it all, so I don't no. have any. Yeah, I know. I um I need to find somebody. 
Because I guess there's a way to do it without the box where you mm. can actually like do the sounds. But I don't know how to, but I know people who do. They just haven't. Now you're stuck with all, all these awful but, like keytar noises and. Well, fake I like I like stuff. some of the sounds like yeah, some the electric ha- keyboard have their, and the have their purpose. Yeah, I used like the electric piano and the what's it called the organ and use the voice. Isn't sounds, there like a helicopter I one? I use that. You actually. do. It's an yeah. airplane. <laughs> We have a song called You and Your Pillow, and at the end, it's like the perfect sound. Well, we talk about airplanes. There's an airplane. (laughs) Oh, okay. So it fits right in there. (laughs) (laughs) It's really great. Yeah, I love the sound of those old analog synths. Yeah. Yeah, they're great. 80s especially. Mm -hmm. It's kind of more my style, Mm -hmm. for sure. And we have another band where she plays that, and I drum, and it's called um, Leopard Shark. Oh, yeah, the second band. It's more of a side project. Side project. We haven't really it's kind of come out to the world the yet, yeah. but now it's now it's out. Now the it's out. Cat. The cat. <laughs> Cat's out of the bag. So you're going to be recording healthy travel potions this summer. And yeah, get, getting that new album out there. Yeah, we're still uh, figuring out who we're going to do it with, but we've got a couple of people in mind, and uh, yeah, we really want to um, get these songs down with the current players before. Um, Something else happens. Yeah. <laughs> Before one of them escapes. Yeah. Moves or, away or something. Or we, or we do. Or we do. Oh, uh, yeah, so. yeah. Oh, you're Austin bound next. Yes. So I, I like the idea of just recording while it's fresh. So uh, yeah. I feel like it's Before still... Before it gets too stale. I feel like it's still pretty fresh and, and we're not too good at the songs, but we're like good enough. And, right. You're in that, that yeah, zone. Yeah, exactly. My original idea was to tour because we're going to tour in July and then record after. But I'm not sure we might record before. Either way, we'll be good for it. But uh, yeah, every time I tour, I'm like, man, these songs are getting better and better every time. We should record after we tour. So Oh, when you're really cooking. Yeah, yeah just go really into the studio too. right after you've played your last show out of like 14 out of 15 days or whatever. Wow. Well, I really look forward to seeing you guys play on the 19th. Yeah, you too, likewise. I'm excited to to play. I love the sunset. It's always good sound there, so. Yeah, I can't wait. Yeah. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Definitely. Thank you. Appreciate it. That was fun. It's good to get to know the folks you'll be playing shows with, I think. And I wish them luck with their upcoming album. So, everyone, time's running out here with getting talking about the passion into the new and noteworthy section of music podcasts on iTunes. I'm not holding my breath too much, but I figured I should still give it a shot. If you've been enjoying the podcast but haven't subscribed, written a review, or left a rating, get on it. You won't regret it. If anyone has any suggestions, questions, or comments for me about the podcast, or if you would like to inquire about getting featured on the podcast, you can email tatppodcast at gmail.com. The theme song for talking about the passion is the Niagara Moon song Pantheon Bar off my recent album Eating Peaches, and the artwork for both this podcast and the album was done by Miranda Harmon. Now we have two more songs by Origami Ghosts, Incubator, and The Wheel. See you next week.
Oh, I'm a 